Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. love talking to fellow Carolines. Do you get the like Carolyn all the time? Do people call you Carolyn? All the time. People are like, is it Carolyn or Caroline? And I don't really understand because Carolyn is just clearly YN, right? Yeah. It's so obviously YN. So if it's I-N-E, I, I don't understand why that's confusing to people, but people always say, is it Carolyn or Caroline? I know. And we have the word line in our name. I'm like, it's actually the word. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. But yes, I do get that a lot. But do you also love being a Caroline? I do. I like the name Caroline. And actually, we, we just played Fenway 10 days ago, and we played Sweet Caroline. And I love, love that it. song. I do, too. I mean, I know, I know it's very cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. It's such a great lyric and beautiful song. And I actually love Neil Diamond, so. Oh, yeah. I, um, I feel like Caroline, there's not, there's like, it's like a common name, but it's not a common name. There's a lot of us, but I also feel like we're spare, like sparse. You know, I don't feel like there's an overwhelming amount of Carolines out there, but it's not like a weird name, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I like it. I'm used to it. What can I say? What's your nicknames? What do people call you for a nickname? CJ. CJ. Caroline Jones. Yeah. Forever. CJ. You've always been CJ? I think so. Yeah. I think I've always been CJ. And then, um, my fiance calls me Barbaraline. 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 Yeah, like a barbarian, but Barbaraline. <laughs> Do you find that um, sexy? Um, I wouldn't say I, I find it endearing. I don't know about sexy. He's <laughs> mostly poking fun at me. <laughs> Is that like, what does that mean? Is it because you're just so active and like you can really just rock it? I suppose I can be a little bit abrasive or blunt. I, I'm kind of, I can be very honest in a way that maybe people aren't used to. And 
I, I don't know, I guess I, I, I'm unique in certain ways that <laughs> other people find funny or bizarre. <laughs> Can you elaborate? This is so um, interesting. Well, I guess I'm trying to think how it started. He probably called me Barbaraline. <laughs> yeah, the way, like, I'll, uh, some examples will be if I'm not that into a party or a social setting, like, I'll just, I, I just tend to, like, up and leave or something like that, or, and I don't, it doesn't occur to me that that's not right, <laughs> that's not normal. You're, like, the queen of and the hillbilly so, slip. What? You're the queen of the hillbilly slip. I am a little bit, yeah, and and I used to just do it when I was single. I used to just do it and not even think twice. And then when I have someone with with me now, he's like, "What the heck?" Like just things like that. He, he started calling me barbarian. And I think the way that I eat sometimes, I just um, I shovel things <laughs> shovel things in <laughs> like a barbarian. So when you shows up, you are like hit after it. Like it is like game on. Sorry, wait. Repeat your question. When your food shows up, is it like game on? If I'm hungry, yeah, I'm very protective of it. <laughs> and and also I get very hangry, so if if I'm very hangry, uh, I think he just calls me a barbarian because I'm I'm I can be very tough. I can be a little bit abrasive, um, which is funny because I, I feel like um, my music is not necessarily like that. No, but, it's really um, not. I think when you, I think I'm a very independent minded, fiery person. And I also think when you start to run your own business, like as an independent artist, you have to become a bit, a bit like that and um, develop your strength um, that way. So, but sometimes it's misplaced. That's the, that's where the humor of it comes in is sometimes like that fire is misplaced and people are like, Whoa. <laughs> so that does make sense. So you have been an independent, you are, you're signed to Jimmy Buffett's label, right? Or you were, or you are? Yeah, I have a distribution deal with him. So he distributes my music. Um, but we have a deal where I actually own all my music and have all the creative control over it, which I'm really lucky to have. I know that most artists don't have that luxury. Um, but I've been working with my business partner and manager and co-producer Rick Wake now for about five years. And, and we have a really, you've done some big names like Mariah Carey, Celine Dion. That's kind of huge. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Just some up and comers. Yeah. He worked at Sony in the nineties and two thousands and um, helped discover Mariah. He worked with um, Whitney Houston, Celine Dion. Um, he's worked with, I mean, JLo, he did her first album, the whole kind of Latin explosion with Shakira and Mark Anthony and everyone, Ricky, Ricky Martin at that time. So he has a lot of experience across a lot of different genres of music, including country and Trisha Yearwood and folks like that. Um, and I met him about five years ago when we started working together and just have built this, this career and, and this body of work that we're still working on. I have an album coming out later this fall and I'm just really proud of what we're building. Um, he really believes in me as an artist and my vision for my career for myself. And um, he's kind of my ride or die, my right hand man. Okay, so how did you get started? And did you always want to be an independent artist? Because you're in, you grew up in like New York and up north. And yeah. did you, how did you find country music? You play like seven instruments right am i missing like is it like you guitar dobro mandolin harmonica i mean you're correct yeah i don't play mandolin but i, oh. I do play quite a, a few instruments um i want to play mandolin um 
I think that's such a cool instrument. And I've recently gotten more into bluegrass living in New Zealand um, and collaborating with a bluegrass band there. And then now being with Zach Brown band, they actually have a lot of bluegrass influence. But to go back to the origin of your question, I grew up in the Northeast. I did not grow up to listening to country music at all. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock, soul, R&B, um, the divas of the 90s. I grew up listening to Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston and Barbara Streisand. Um, and then when I was, I started writing songs really young and writing poems and stories. I was just an obsessive writer. Um, and I would write these poems and stories. And as soon as I realized that I could put those poems and stories to, to music and make songs, I was like, this is it for me at a very young age. And so I was, um, making some demos up in New York, kind of like in the summers in between school um, school years. And my manager at the time, I got a manager when I was around like 16, 17, who was setting me up with a producer up North. And he said, you know, there's some country singer songwriter influence in your music. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And literally the extent of country music I knew was like some George Strait and then Faith Hill and Shania Twain. Cause everyone in every nineties kid oh, knew yeah. Faith Hill and Shania Twain. Right. And, um, and he was like, and you know what? Country is kind of the last genre left that really like prizes the things that you're into, like songwriting and musicianship and being authentic and having artistic integrity. And even at a young age, I felt like I was on a vision quest towards all those values in my music. And he was like, you know, pop music just isn't as centered around that community and those values. And so I, I went down to Nashville when I was 17 I went to a show at the Bluebird Cafe okay. and yes, yes. it was a totally life-changing experience for me. I just felt like I'd been struck by lightning. I felt like I'd found the missing piece of my artistry. I just had had no idea that there was an entire genre of music and community of people like-minded in those musical values, like an authenticity and the stories behind the songs. Cause I had loved like Jewel and Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell and VH1 storytellers. And I was into that whole like folk singer songwriter thing. But the fact that there was a whole modern commercial genre of music that still had roots in those values, um, but had all the bells and whistles of modern commercial music, which is country music was really, really exciting to me. And so when I went to that show at the Bluebird, I became obsessed and I went all the way back to like Hank Williams and Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family, like starting in the forties. And I just listened to all the country music ever. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I don't want to say nobody tests me. I haven't listened to all the country music ever, but I did listen to all the major artists over all the decades of country music and just fell in love with it and fell in love with the lineage and the stories um, and the history of it and the richness of it and love that it's a genre that has been built and pioneered by real rebels and renegades and people with different sounds. Like if you go back and we think of it as such a traditional conventional genre, but like, there was nothing traditional or conventional about Willie Nelson or the Carter family or Hank Williams or Johnny Cash, like, or Dolly Parton. Like these are total trailblazing rebels. And I love that. Um, and there's just so much artistic courage that has built this genre. 
And um, so I, just over the years, country just like bled its way into my songwriting. And I'm not traditional country by any stretch, but I love country music. And I feel like it was the missing piece of me finding my sound. So then what happened? You fall in love. You're at the Bluebird. You obsess. You learn all the stuff yeah. about everything. Yeah. Music, and then what, what, what's next? So then, um, at least you, I, you can't believe right now. It is so cool that you are on tour with Zach Brown, but you're like on tour with him, with his band. Like, it's like you and Zach Brown. It's not like you're opening for Zach Brown. It's like you are on stage with Zach Brown and the Zach Brown band performing and singing. I mean, that is so badass. I, it is so cool. Even when you say it, I'm like, dang. Um, it's just yeah, so wild. Just I love hearing people's journeys. How did, and like, how did this scenario yeah. happen? Like what a crazy, awesome opportunity for life. You it know? really is. Well, th- quite a few things happened before this. <laughs> um, but I started um, writing and working with writers and producers in Nashville in my late teens. And I loved, I mean, I just worshiped the songwriters in Nashville and the musicians in Nashville and the producers, like they're my musical heroes. But I realized at a really young age that if you don't really know who you are, it's tough um, to sound like yourself when you get in those rooms because those writers and producers are so well-practiced in creating commercial country music that... um, it can be tempting to just um, kind roll, of become roll, roll with what's working, what's happening. Yeah. And, and to become kind of like a carbon copy of what's yeah. going on and kind of a paint by numbers artist. And at a young age, I just really, I wanted to be the producer, you know, I wanted to be as good or not be the producer necessarily, even though I do co-produce now, but to be, I wanted to hold my own musically and not just be like a, pretty girl who sang, you know, I wanted to be a great musician. I wanted to be a truly great songwriter, um, and a great producer. And I recognized how big the chasm was between like my experience level and my skill level and theirs. And so I just like fully committed to writing and producing my own records for a while in New York, um, and touring around. I would book my own tours at these like high schools and colleges and boarding schools for a few years And I really spent my early 20s just, like, hand-making my albums. I had no manager, no marketing team, nothing, like, no one but me. And and spent my early 20s touring around schools and trying to get my feet wet playing live and learning how to produce my own records and total trial by fire um, and probably um, (laughs) took a lot longer than it would have if someone was showing me how to do it. But um, then your own devices, which is good. You got to do it your own way because maybe, like you said, someone else could have tried to influence you and you knew you didn't want that. Well, that's what ends up happening um, for good reason, because those those people are super experienced and super talented. I just always wanted to have a voice and be able to hold my own. And I feel like you really have to pay your dues to be able to do that. Um, And this was just my particular way of doing that. Um, And then. So after doing that for a few years, that's when I met Rick and we made the album that would become Bare Feet. And he loved my sound. He loved my vision. He loved what I was doing. And I'd never had that before. I'd never had, I'd had people come on and say, oh, you're so talented. Let's try this or this or this or this. But I've never had someone come in and say, I get what you're doing. I get who you are, what you're trying to become. And I want to help you um, make that vision happen and and come to fruition and um 
that is really invaluable to some to find someone who believes in what you are trying to create as opposed to someone who sees your potential and then wants to create you in their you know their image or the vision that they have um and i would say like a little bit after my first single came out um a friend of a friend um played it for zach brown oh okay that's a good friend (laughs) yeah exactly um and Zach just reached out to me. This was 20, late 2016, early 2017. And this, was, and this was your album called which one? Bare Feet. This Bare was Feet. actually before Bare Feet was even out. I had a single and I think I had an EP out. Um, we got your album EP that you had produced yourself. Yeah, that was my first EP that I produced with Rick Wake. So this was my first like official country pop release. Um, no, but I'm saying the one that I, Zach Brown got. Did he get the one before Bare Feet? So it was one that you had produced alone. No, he he got Bare Feet. The Bare oh, Feet. Oh, 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 okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. And um, because the highway was playing Tough Guys at the time, and I guess a friend of a friend had heard it and played it for him, and he reached out to me, just totally unnecessarily, just being super hospitable and kind and warm and. It's also just a God that it's just one of those things you can't really explain rationally. And he reached out to me and, and said that he liked it. And if I needed help or, um, I remember he called me once and like Zach Brown came up on my phone for the first time. And I was what? like, what? I know. What? So, um, so this so is he, a total random happenstance that like Zach Brown is in your life. It actually did, did happen pretty randomly. I mean, we did have that friend of a friend connection initially, but then all the things all the events that followed that were, um, he did not have to do any of that. You know what I mean? Um, so he asked me to come out and open two dates on his 2017 welcome home tour. And I thought I died and gone to heaven. And I came out that it was a weekend in June and I came out and I'd never played for a crowd that big before. Um, and I came out and played, um, and on the, the second night of the run, the last night of the run, he um, asked me to come up and, and sing a song with them on stage. And oh like I said, I'd never played for that many people before, let alone now I'm playing on stage with Zach Brown Band. And I, I can't really describe to people what it feels like when an actual dream comes true, like something that you've actually visualized in your mind and dreamed of. And then the actual moment is happening and it's extremely surreal and it gives you such a faith in life. Like how, yeah. And how beautiful life can be like how literally if you, I mean, it all sounds so cliche and so cheesy, but it's cliche for a reason because if you like hold a vision in your mind and just work towards it and just don't give up and then you have those little moments along the way that you're like, Oh my God, you know? It's so special. What was the vision you were holding that came true? Was it to be with Zach Brown or was it just to be like playing for that many people? Like what, what had you been holding in your mind? And are you big about like manifestation and visualizing and like, what is your spiritual realm life like to like get you to these dreams? Oh God, don't get me started on that. I know. Oh, I love it. This is my favorite thing to talk everyone, about. Everyone thinks I'm such a hippie, but I, I like to apply it practically. I think, okay, so to answer your question, I've always dreamed about playing in front of thousands and thousands of people. Um, and specifically I, I dreamed about having a career and mentors 
in a career that were artists, um, where I could really grow myself as a songwriter, as an artist, like as an authentic artist of integrity that would have a long career. So the fact that I've been able to have mentors like Zach and Jimmy Buffett and Kenny, like people who have decades long careers, because that's what I want. I'm not, I've never been about like quick fame or like the biggest radio song right away or any of that. Like I really want to build a fan base and a career and a body of work over the course of my life. Um, that fulfills me and is true to who I am as an artist and helps me grow as an artist and hopefully inspires an audience, you know? And I really believe that like in this time more than any other time, you will find your audience. Like if you have a unique sound and you're true to it and um, you're a hundred percent committed and authentic to that, like you might not find the biggest audience, but like you will find your audience because of the internet in this day and age, like you just got to keep doing your thing. Um, and I see it with so many inspiring artists now. Um, so I had dreamed a lot about having artists take me under their wing. And, and I dreamed about being on a tour like Zach Brown's tour, opening up for a big artist for years before I got to do it. Um, and so I think to answer your question, of course, visualization, I think is a great tool. I just try to also leave things very open because I don't like trying to set too many um, specific high goals that get you too anxious and too obsessed with like how things work out externally. Cause I just think there's so much you can't control and there's, and you don't want to set your standard for yourself according to like how other people in the world perceives you. I think that's like a really slippery slope, especially in this industry. Um, because this industry is mostly focused on how other people perceive you. And I think that that's a real like trap, uh, um, for creativity and it just kills creativity and it kills your humanity. And, um, I see, that that's a real um, problem for a lot of famous people. Um, and that, uh, so I, I try to, yes, definitely like visualize and dream and all these things, but I try to just focus on putting one foot in front of the other, working really hard and being completely true to myself. And I think all that pays off. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. So how do you know what your next step is? I always love people like you who are so in tune with like their guide, their guidance system from above and like trusting their gut and intuition. And clearly you have identified your uh, dreams and talents and your drive and your passion at a young age. Like you have known what you wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. And like the more puzzles that pieces that you found, like the bluebird and realizing it's country music, like you just dive farther and farther into your passion and curiosity, which I love because I feel like that's the soul guiding you. But how do you know when you have the green light to take that next next step when you are trusting and I love what you said, holding it open, letting it, like having your visualization yeah. to what your heart and your soul is telling you that you want to do, but then like letting the pieces fall. I, I love that so much. Yeah. I, I relate to that. How do you know when it's time to make a move? Like, what does it feel like when you are all of a sudden like, oh my God, this is the next step. I feel it. I think it feels like the most natural thing. Like, I think so many people just don't trust themselves and don't, trust what feels good to them because we're not really taught in this culture that what feels good to you is right you know <laughs> like or that being happy and and fulfilled is ultimately the goal you know we're taught that all these other trappings of success are the goal so i think once you get really clear about your priorities i think the next step is usually pretty obvious and natural and i think it's only when I get my priorities out of order that I get confused and unsure of myself. Like when other people convince you that this should be a priority, this or, or you realize that you're living for this or this or this instead of your values. Like I think if you're really clear about your values and what you actually want, then you can go. And it, that's not to say that any external success trappings are wrong because if that is your priority and that is your goal, then you just go straight ahead at that. And that has its own challenges too. But I think being clear, I think so many of us, especially women, are like so, so commonly second guessing ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. and, and not trusting ourselves and not like really living for what's going to fulfill us. And then by extension, everyone around us. So this is awesome that you know all this. How did you get this? <laughs> You're sweet. How did you get this confidence? Have you gone to a lot of therapy to get this? Or were you born into a family that like taught this or was just this innately how you were? Like, how did you know this? And then what are your priorities? And like, what is your clarity that allows you to stay 
moving on this goal without like looking left to right and feeling like you might get lost in the traffic comparison or trying to live for what someone else wants or feeling like you have to, like how does, how you not gotten sidetracked by all of that and stayed clear on your priorities during your career? Because I'm sure there's a lot of chances that you could have tried to jump ship and like abandon the road you're on and kind of go more mainstream or, you know, do something that feels like it could be quicker to like success, but you have stayed so true. So like, what are your priorities and how did you learn these? Well, I'm very stubborn (laughs) for better and worse, like worse. I I don't want to sugarcoat it. Like it can also be really bad, (laughs) not bad, but it can be, it can take you longer to learn things um, when you're as stubborn as I am. But lots of, lots of people are stubborn and you just have to know your way around that. Um, I think I've always been a seeker. I've always been, I was like a very spiritual existential child. I was fascinated by I mean, feelings are the currency of music and art. So I'm like a very deeply feeling sensitive, curious person. Um, And I think when I was a teenager, I got really interested in psychology, spirituality, all these kind of things that we're talking about. Um, To me, it's always been in lockstep with music too, because music, like songs are about, why we do the things we do and what people, how people behave and how people live and how people act in relationships. And all of it has to do with at the core with who we are and what our priorities are and what our choices are. And that stuff just has always fascinated me. So I'm just fascinated by like the human experience and especially the feeling side of the human experience, like the emotion side of it. And so I think because of that, I'm just very aware probably too self-aware and self-analytical. Again, all this is like a blessing and a curse. And then I think um, it just fascinates me. And so I try to, I want to optimize my mind, my body, my heart, my everything so that I can, I mean, again, it sounds so cheesy, but like we're only here once. Like I want to have the best life I can have and be the most fulfilled and happy that I can be. And put the best music out in the world that I can put out. And so I just take all that really seriously. And I, um, I don't know, it's just a drive and a fascination for me, I think. And I, um, I pay a lot of attention to my inner world because of that, maybe too much. Like um, it can be seen as um, very like selfish and self-centered, but I know a lot of artists kind of have that, reputation sometimes I think there is something in us that's like very introspective and introverted by nature so sometimes actually trying to like my fiance is like the opposite of me like he shows me the world you know and it's a good balance because you couldn't have like a world full of introverted introspective people so when you're walking around you're just like in your world like you're like you're just is that what you're saying like you're just like thinking about like what you're processing it and through your lens and like how this is affecting your priorities and long-term vision. Is that what you're kind of saying? I think so. I think I'm probably more focused on the feeling side of things than um, everyone and everything that's always going on. I don't know. I don't know really. It's kind of like trying to explain your own perception of things. It's very difficult. Um, I just know that what I said about how I've kind of been like that since I was a kid, I, that's true for sure. So when you wake up, what yeah. 
what's going through your brain? Like when you wake up in the morning, what are, what is your checklist of things that you want to accomplish in that day? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I want to ask you the same thing too. Um, but okay. So on a typical day, I will meditate in the morning. Love coffee. Coffee is like, coffee is not like a caffeine boost for me. It's like a way of life. It's literally like the most joyful thing ever to me. I love it so much. Um, I love that ritual. Um, I usually work out or like we're on tour right now. So I'll do some stretching. And if we're in a pretty place like this, we just went to, um, like a hiking trail. Um, and then, so I'll try to get outside and get sun and do a little sweat. It's really important on tour too. Um, and then I'll do like brush up on some songs and stuff before the show. Cause Zach Brown, they change their set list every night. So I should also go back because I never finished this part, but I ended up opening for Zach Brown for a few years um, after that. And I completely owe the career that I have to him because being on that first big tour got me slots on Jimmy Buffett and Kenny Chesney and Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Like that just led to me being able to really start my live music career. But this year um, after opening for Zach Brown on and off for the past three years, um, I'm actually a special guest in the band. So I'm not opening. I'm playing um, their set with them on stage. So I'm like a girl. Like, such a huge salute to you as a musician because those guys are no joke when it comes to like I know. playing instruments and their musicianship and them as a band. And for him to like want to include you in his band means that you are a badass because like he's not going to like babysit you. Like you have to be able to carry your weight to hang with Zach Brown band. So that's like huge. Oh, I know. I mean, you're, yeah, I was, when I got that, he called me like out of the blue in June and asked if I, and I was, how did he even come up with this idea? Like, you know, a few years ago, they had Daryl Scott out. They've had special guests before. So he's done this with the band. I do not think of myself on the same level as Daryl Scott, who's like a legend and just an incredible multi-instrumentalist, um, songwriter. But when it is not easy to shock me, Caroline, I was like, he was like, would you come out and play, you know, banjo and guitar and B3 and sing with us? And I was like, <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe it. I was so excited. And since I'm um, so at the helm of my own career, it's such a cool, refreshing gig to have, like to be a cog in, in the wheel of someone else's, you know, band and, and to really commit myself to learning their whole catalog. Like I had to learn 51 songs and cause they change their set list every night and, um, and to really dedicate myself to rhythm guitar playing, which is mostly what I'm doing in the show. And that's such a, um, like deceivingly simple thing, but like great acoustic rhythm guitar playing is especially in a band like this. Um, it's just been so fun to focus on that again. And, um, it's just a blast. Like I feel so honored to be, up there with them. I pinch myself every night. Um, I had to learn B3. So I'd never, I played keys. I'm really comfortable playing keys, but I'd never played the organ before. <laughs> so I had to have like a crash course because Zach was like, will you, he's like, you play B3, right? And I'm like, no, but I will by August 5th. <laughs> so I had to have like a crash course in B3 and it, that's been so cool. So it's just a great musical challenge. And I feel really lucky because I love musical challenges. Like all I want in life is to become a better musician, songwriter, like producer. I just want to be 
a better artist. And so it's so cool that Zach um, has given me this opportunity. And so what does that feel like? What's the, what is the feeling? Because you've obviously played for big crowds as Caroline Jones, as yourself, yeah. you've opened for big artists. What does it feel like to be, to, to be feeling the feeling of a superstar artist? So like being on stage with Zach Brown, yeah. being in this band, being an integral part of the show. How does that feel to, to feel that superstar energy coming at you from the audience? Is that, is it different? Is it the same? Well, you're right. It is different because there's a real um, like meeting of energy and expectation that you get when you're the person that everyone comes to see, you know, versus when yes. you're an opener, you're really trying to win over the audience with your energy. Um, and so it is different, but I've, I've sat in with them over the years a bunch of times. So I know kind of what their whole setup and stages and what that feels like. But I will say it's really cool to be to not have to be the front man for once because I really get to focus on the guitar playing and the singing and the harmonies and the rhythm section. Like there's so much going on. It's hard to explain for people who haven't ever performed before, but there's so much going on like in a band of that size of nine people. There's just so much like musical richness and information that you could be listening to all the time. But even if the audience weren't there, you'd, you'd be all occupied, like your brain and your heart, your musical, like nerd brain and heart. And then there's 25,000 people out there and they're all having a similar but unique experiences. And you can watch, like the people watching is unbelievable. So it's actually so cool because when I'm performing as the front person, Caroline Jones, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about my vocal I'm thinking about performing I'm thinking about playing I'm thinking about leading the band I'm thinking about all these things but this is a totally different yeah Yeah, exactly and so it's been really cool actually so far I really enjoy it were you nervous like that first night and then y'all played Fenway Park I mean let's not forget that and Zach you played with Zach Brown when he had the most consecutive sold out nights in a row at Fenway right weren't you on that tour yeah Okay, so um, you're playing Fenway again. What is that like when that first time you step on stage as a special performer, guest, band member for this tour? What did you feel like? Did you like, were you just like energized, butterflies flying out your ears? I mean, what was it like? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I don't know if it's experience or age. I feel like I'm more calm than I've ever been, which is really cool. Because I remember the first tour with Zach, like I literally every night I felt it just you can't explain what it's like being put in front of 10 or 15 20,000 people like I felt like someone had put me like electrocuted me every night <laughs> like I would just go on stage because it was my first tour and I would just literally like the entire show I would just feel like <laughs> like I it, it wasn't even it's beyond adrenaline I don't know how to explain it and I remember when that wore off and I was like, oh my God, maybe that won't last forever. And it's just funny because like four years later, I feel so much calmer on stage um, and probably less nervous than I have been, which it, I think is cool because it maybe I'm becoming more confident or more able to go with the flow. I used to be very like, I have to have the set down. I have to have everything perfect, like judging every single thing. And there's a little bit of, in this gig, first of all, less of the weight is on you because you're not the front person. And then secondly, there's a little bit, 
there's a degree to which you just have to let go because all those guys are have so decades and decades more experience collectively than I do. And they might just change their set list and they're going to hold my hand and take me along for the ride. And I just feel lucky that they kind of take care of me and take me out of their wing. So, um, it's actually been a really cool experience so far, but Fenway is always amazing. And, um, I got to have some family and friends there. It was really special. So out of every artist, obviously you are bad to the bone. You're so talented. You have such a vision and you deserve this spot and this opportunity more than anyone. But why do you think Zach Brown chose you to take you under his wing and develop you and bring you along and give you these experiences and really like mentor you as you said you dreamed of? Why yeah. what do you think it was? What do you think was the reason he picked you? Well, and actually, Jimmy has been just as instrumental. Jimmy Buffett has done similarly. Like those, uh, they really are. Um, well, I think the to answer your first question, why he brought me out on this tour? Um, gosh, it's a weird question to answer. I mean, obviously, he thinks I can add something. Hopefully, I'm adding a cool female harmony that they usually don't get up top, um, and some hopefully just really my goal with this tour is just like super solid consistent rhythm guitar playing or if i play banjo or electric that it's very solid and consistent just like adds to the foundation of what they have because they have so much virtuosity going on and their arrangements are so set in stone so um clearly he thinks i can add something and i'm just trying to do that justice um and you know it's cool to have female energy out there too i think um, and then, um, Jimmy and Zach mentoring me, I think they probably feel how serious I am about it and how, how committed I am to not to like being famous or being, or like globbing onto them for that reason, but like how much I genuinely care about this craft and like building a career this way and how much I admire them and respect them. Like I hope they, and I think probably they do feel that. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What is Zach like as a friend? Um, he's a very interesting man. Like, he's a, he talk about a deep feeling person. He's like a very, <laughs> very deep feeling person. Very, very smart, curious mind. Like, super into different crafts, like knife making and hunting and fishing. And like, he's a Renaissance man for sure. Um, very creative and very deep feeling person and very loyal person. Yeah. What is Jimmy Buffett like as a friend? Jimmy's like a big kid. He really is. Like he's like a 75 year old in a, like he's a 75 year old body, but I'd say like mentally, he's probably like a very wise, like 20 something year old. He just, he's just like, he's so like, and, and he has such a brilliant business brain, like just a brilliant, I mean, clearly look at what he's done, but he has like a brilliant marketing brain, business brain, it's, but it's somehow all very authentic to him. And that's a very rare, like it's very rare to have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit that is so genuine to you, you know? At the same time, I'm still having such a fun like seemingly carefree existence, you know, like he's yeah. figured out how to like have a great life in the midst of all this entertainment. Well, that's what's funny. Humanity. That's what's funny is that he's like, that is his brand and that is who he is. So he just almost can't miss like any <laughs> business idea that's associated with that. Everyone's like, I want some of that, you know, like give me what he's taking, whatever it is, you know, because it's infectious. And so he really is like super playful, but he's also like very deep in a different way than Zach. Like he's, um, he loves, um, how do I explain the difference? He's like a lighter hearted person than Zach. Little. Zach's like super deep, serious person. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like very lighthearted, but he's also still a very deep feeling person. I haven't met an artist that's not like a deep feeling person, you know, by being married to one. <laughs> yes. Yes. What about Kenny Chesney? Are you as close with him as you are with Jimmy and Zach? Not quite, but I do still consider Kenny a good friend. And um, he's been so nice to me um, and always checks in on me and so many other people. I mean, he's like a big brother and mentor to so many artists. Um, that's something that I really admire about him. Um, and being on his tour was an incredible experience. And seen him a few times since then and um I would say Kenny is like just such a sweetheart like he's such a warm person like he he makes everyone feel like they're the most important person to him um he's very like that's how I can differentiate him he's like super warm and loving to everyone like effusive almost (laughs) and his stage presence like his is on I've never seen anything like it like he what is it like I've never been to one of his big arena shows it's just I'd say 
I've only seen it live with when I saw YouTube. Like it's, it's, he's just, his energy is so high and he just, I, I don't know how he can like, he brings the whole crowd's energy up, like way up. <laughs> and most performers do that in one way or another, but Kenny's just always moving and it's really cool to watch. It's very unique. It's, Again, being an opener or being in a band is such a cool vantage point because you get to see like the little subtleties and subtle differences um, between all the performers. But Kenny's just high energy. That's the only way I can explain it. How would you describe your music and your sound? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say my music is definitely country pop, like somewhere in that Venn diagram. Um, but it has a lot of singer-songwriter influence. Um, and I love pop production. Um, I love like modern, I'm a real production nerd. So I love bringing some of those sounds in. Um, and then I would say my songs kind of skirt the country singer songwriter pop line. Um, and I have a bunch of influences. I think everyone in this day and age does, but I think that's probably the best descriptor. When someone leaves your performance, your show, what do you hope that the feelings are that they take away with them are? What do you hope they ha lead with? When they've seen you play, what do you hope they say? Oh, such a good, again, like that's so important to think about as an artist, you know? Um, I hope that when people leave, they feel inspired, like truly inspired, like inspired to go do something that they want to do or have an idea, um, for themselves like music gives you can give you such a sense of possibility and I really hope that when people leave my show they feel inspired and appreciative and um, like excited about their own potential that would be the ideal so after like I've watched a lot of your videos and like I've, I feel like I'm very I feel like I have a lot of like insight into your music and you as an artist you seem to be super well and from talking to you you're super committed to like learning and you're real. it's like you take learning as a challenge that you can't wait to dive into whereas like with me like all these things that you, you can't wait to learn like the organ and you've studied every single country music history like that feels so daunting in my head like so much work and so mm -hmm. hard but you you're like oh my god I love this it lights you up you know yes I mean sometimes it is daunting and sometimes Again, I think this is where like knowing yourself and having your priorities in order is important because I think especially when you think about what other people know and have done like and start comparing yourself, I think that's when things get really daunting where you're like you, you set some standard or expectation of yourself based on other people's greatness or accomplishments or achievements and then you start to feel really overwhelmed. But I think if you can just if you can just center yourself and go back to the love of it and the passion, the excitement of it, of being able to do X, Y, and Z, um, then you can have the energy and the motivation to just put one foot in front of the other and do the work. I remember, I can't remember who, I think it was Jordan Peterson who had this really cool quote that he was talking about, like, the goal of life is not to win the game, it's to be asked to play, to be invited to play. And that's something that I heard recently that I was like, oh my God, that is actually so true. Cause it's not always about being the best. It's about like 
being invited to have these kind of experiences that make you better because there really is no like destination. Like there's not like, especially in music, there's not like a best musician. There are people who in my mind, I think of as the best musicians. And then but someone else you know, is going to have different people that they thought were the best. You're so right. It's so subjective yeah. to your person. And then you start like measuring yourself against that standard and how far away you are from that. And that's like a real energy killer. Like that's when things feel daunting and you feel like, Oh, like I'm so far. Cause as soon as you start beating up on yourself, you have so much less mental space to motive, to be motivated and to actually go do some work. Um, so the most important thing is to try to feel inspired. Um, but I loved that. The, like the, the point is to be invited to play with the best players or any players um, cause you'll just get better and better. And that's what I'm like trying to discipline myself to, to do now. Speaking of discipline, I feel like discipline is a very key part of who you are. You are very disciplined. I feel like, is that true? Yes. I'm very, very disciplined. Um, I think that probably is my upbringing. I come from like a very, um, a family of really great work ethic. Um, and very, like, I'm, I'm very, I'm tunnel vision when it comes to something. And that can be bad too, because you can miss things, you know? What was your family life like growing up? Um, my family's super close. Um, and so I was actually kind of the loner in my family, like the creative, which is actually, I highly recommend being a creative child because every, everyone would just start to be like, no, that's just Caroline. She just does what she wants. She just goes off by herself. Um, so it actually worked out well for me. Do you have a bunch um, of siblings? I do. Yeah, I have three siblings. I have two sisters um, and one brother. And um, yeah, I just think they're a very close, very motivated, like type A group of people, which um, is probably where I got my discipline from. Yeah. Where do you fall in birth order? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Okay. See, I would have thought yeah. you're the youngest. Really? Wait, are you, do you have brothers and sisters? I have one older sister, but I feel like the youngest okay. one is usually the one who like floats around and does whatever they want and doesn't feel like the pressure to do, but I guess you do have that discipline. So you got, you just put it towards like music and your. Yeah. And I think, at, I think creativity saved me from like, um, being the typical older child. Cause for a while, I think I was more like, the perfectionist and I still have a lot of perfectionism. Um, but I think I was more like a typical older child. And then at some point my creativity took over. So, um, I have a, a mixed personality. <laughs> okay. So you also seem like, to me, you seem like a really like natural, pure soul, but I also feel like in your music, you talk a lot about the sexy side of life. Like you like yes. to get down with the sexy side, which I love. So talk to me about, that like are you just a super like feeling person and how did you know that your fiance was the one because like one of your songs you're like i think it's called all the boys yeah and it's like i'm friends with all the boys but i make love to you and i'm like oh yeah. my gosh go caroline yes yes <laughs> <I am. laughs> okay Stevie um, emerson and, and that's funny i actually wrote that song a few years ago before i met my fiance and i originally wrote that song um about my sister because my sister's like the super outgoing, more extroverted, um, loves social situations and parties and that, you know, she's just much better at all that stuff than me. And 
I would see that she was like friends with all the boys and all the boys wanted her. And I was like, how cool is that? That like all the boys want you, but like you choose one. And I was like, that's such a like sexy idea for a song. So that's where that song came from. Um, but I do, I do. It's funny. Cause, um, especially artists like Jewel early on and Faith Hill and Shai Tui, just women who are not afraid to express like the spectrum of, of human emotion and well, intimacy. That's a point, Caroline, because like, I feel like I grew up kind of conservative. I have super wonderful open-minded parents, but like yeah. I've been openly talking about like having sex with people, you know, like I was kind of, it's kind yeah. of like, nerve wracking to put that out there. So I was very impressed when you're like talking about it in such a beautiful way. Like you're like, you're explaining. Yeah. And it is, it is, it's interesting. There's a lot of thoughts that are coming to my mind about this because I also grew up relatively conservative. My mom is very Catholic and I actually think there's something beautiful and kind of a lost art about a certain aspect of conservatism, which is that like there is value, um, like great value in intimacy and love and that like it should be placed with great care. And I think that like some of those values are, I think they really are important and like to raise your kids that way. I think some of that has been lost a little bit, but at the same time, you want to be able to express yourself as an artist, like the full spectrum of, you know, things that you things that you only share with one person, then you end up sharing in your music because that's part of your emotional life. So it is kind of a funny thing. And then other people are able to see it um, and feel that for themselves. But I think it's really healthy for men and women to see um, that kind of, because I feel like there's so much sexuality expressed in music as very, just in a different energy, like in an aggressive energy or in a casual energy or in like, especially with men or in a like, come get me energy, which is also really fun. And I do that a lot too. Um, but I think expressing like the intimacy of real love and like what that actually feels like and seeing a woman express that, like I remember seeing Faith Hill's breathe music video. And it's just like so beautiful to see. And especially as a young girl, you I mean, of course you want to be beautiful like Faith Hill, but there's also this, like, you can see how she feels, like how that love makes her feel. And it, I think it's good for young girls to see that um, instead of like a more aggressive sexual energy that I feel like is very prevalent um, I, now. I, I, so, huh? I get that totally. And you actually have a song called Intimacy where you did a whole dance yeah. number too. So what, what was your, this, what was it, what was this releasing? Was this happening when you met your fiance or were you just coming in to yourself? Like I've always written most- love songs <laughs> way before I met my fiance. I was writing love songs. I just, I don't know. I've always been super romantic that way. Like I can write them from other people's experiences. I can write them from movies. Like I could write them dreaming about. You're romantic. Um, very yeah I'm very very romantic and um intimacy was fun because after I wrote and that's actually about being like afraid to open up like afraid of intimacy and afraid of that vulnerability but that was the first time that I'd ever danced in a music video and that was so fun I just knew I wanted to when I finished that song I was like I have to do a dance I don't know why what made me think of that and um that's a really cool music video very different for me that I'm really proud of um I love that you pushed yourself in that way that you're just like, I just want to dance. I've never done this for recording. I've only done it for fun or myself. And like, yeah. And you're really good at dancing. 
Thank you. I, I actually love dancing. Um, and I dance a little in my new music video, Come In. Um, oh, yeah. There's like a cool dance in the second half of it. Um, but oh, definitely. Man, but don't make yourself comfortable. Like you're like, you're like sassy. What happens to the ones that you kick out? Because it sounds really intense. Like when a guy, when you're like over a guy, it's like, you don't want to be that guy when you're done. With <laughs> it. what you're saying in that <laughs> What happens? What is the aftermath of being in your roadkill? <laughs> Um, oh my God. I don't know. You'd have to ask other, <laughs> other, other people. I, I think, um, I'm just a zero or a hundred person. Like I'm either all in or like you're, you're done. you don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so um, you're dead. I know that can come off as like really harsh and bold. Again, this is why I'm, one of my nicknames is Barbara line, but, um, I just, that's how I am. I'm just like, I'm just either like a hundred percent or like, I just don't care that much. But at least people always know where you stand. You know, I'd rather have that. Yeah. <laughs> not confusing. Yeah. You're not making people mind read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I mean, I'm the same way. I over-communicate so much and I, like, tell everything how I feel constantly. I mean, not the same way. I'm sure we don't operate the same, but, like, I am very much, like, here are my feelings. This is how I feel. And yeah. it. Like, I'm not going to yeah. make yes. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> and it's nice then because I think... Um, when you're able to do that, when you're aware enough to do that, then people can give you another perspective that actually really helps. Yeah. I just think a lot of people might be intimidated by that and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but then when someone does, I think that's what was really different for me about my fiance's. And yeah, I wonder um, what made him be the one. Oh my gosh. Everything. He's so wonderful. Um, so I've been really career focused for 
a really long time. And I mean, I had a couple relationships, but like I never really dated. I, I never really was focused that way. Like, in fact, I kind of thought like, I'm never going to get married. Like, I'm just going to be a musician. I'm just going to be committed to this. Like I'll have my relationships when and if they come and whatever. And so even though I was really romantic, I'd kind of like, I was very tunnel vision career oriented and, um, just literally, um, Nick just like fell in my life out of the blue during the pandemic. Um, I could tell you like the whole sequence of events that caused it to happen, but it's such, actually, I will tell you some of the secrets. Okay. Okay. So cute. I love love. Okay. Um, I do too. But, um, his mom, um, okay. Like a friend of his mom, hi, a friend of his mom showed his mom my music and she started following me. And one day she just randomly sent one of my videos to Nick and just wrote like, I just like see this as the kind of girl that you're going to end up with. And isn't that crazy? And then Nick was like, okay, there's a, you know, pretty singer, whatever. Thanks mom. (laughs) Whatever. Didn't think about it. And then over the next few months, like I kept popping up, um, in like his friend group or I don't know, he would like see my name or my face or whatever. And long story short, he found out that there, we had a mutual friend. Um, and so he was like, uh, will you set me up with, will you try to have me meet Caroline? And so this friend that we have started texting me and said, you know, cause at first she was like, I don't know, Caroline doesn't really date. She's like super career focused. She's always on tour. She, I don't know if that's going to happen, blah, blah. And she was like, but you know what? You might be the only person that Caroline might actually like. So then she got really into it. And she started texting me, like, I know who you're going to marry. I know your husband, blah, blah. And I was, this is, yeah. Com- you are so in sync with your, like, source. I'm telling you. Well, wait till you hear the rest of the story, because I really wasn't. I was like, whatever. Like, I literally could not have been less interested. And this is why I just have so much faith that when something's right, you almost cannot mess it up. Because I literally did everything I could to ignore my friend and Nick for maybe like two and a half solid months. And finally she was like, can I just give this guy your number? Like, I'm so sick of trying to do this. I'm so <laughs> sick of trying to set you up on a date. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, then he started bothering me and blah, blah. And so finally I got, I'm just going to meet this person once so I can just tell Jane I did it. She won't think I'm a horrible person. Did you like the way he texted with you? Like, did you, were you feeling it when he was texting or was it kind of like, I eh? wasn't in that place. Like I wasn't even, remotely interested did you think remotely. he was some pictures i didn't even she sent me pictures of him him i didn't like look twice literally like, no not, okay. Nothing, okay nothing and so then i literally did it as like a last just cross off the checklist and then be done with this so this person doesn't bother me anymore tyler can you tell me sorry um and so finally I met, I was like, I'll meet this person one day. Um, and we met and that was kind of it. I swear. It was like, it was, we weren't, it wasn't like love at first sight, but it was like, we were best friends. Like, right. It just like talking for hours and hours and hours and hours and just fell in love very quickly after that. And like, God could not have, if you scripted like the perfect person for me, you could not come up with this person. What's he like? Um, well, he's a sailor like sailing boats. Stop it. So, yeah. So he sails around the world offshore. Oh, are you um, going to go with him? 
he doesn't do it as much anymore. He used to do these Volvo around the world races. So now he does like shorter, smaller races because those were really, really intense. Um, and he did four, they're like year long races where you literally sail from like Africa to Spain, Spain to wherever, like just around the whole world. And you're off you both super abstract in your life plans, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's a sailor. He's, um, a perfect blend. Like I would need someone exactly like this. Like he's a perfect blend of very smart and very emotionally aware, but also super sane and practical. Mm. And like, that's a very hard blend to find in a man because normally like the really smart, manly, stable, practical men are not like emotional. Willing to, yeah, exactly. And so he's just like a perfect blend of that for me. And he's just has the biggest heart. I mean, I could go on about him forever. He's <laughs> the best. I love him so much. I felt, as my dad said, I folded like a cheap suit. I just fell so hard. I, I really found the one. I'm so lucky. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to wrap up soon. I love talking to you. When Me too. You, when you look back on your life and you are Jimmy Buffett at 75 years old, reflecting back on your career, what do you hope it played out like? Maybe not exactly play by play, but what do you hope the general feeling of your life has been? Oh my gosh, what a, these are such great questions. Thank you. Uh, I hope that I can say that I really fulfilled my potential as a musician and a creative person and that I inspired people along the way and, not just my audience, but hopefully other musicians and other creative people that I got to collaborate with, um, that I enriched their life and inspired them in some way. And I hope I made a mark that way, like in the music community, um, as an artist. And then I hope that I really adventured properly. Like, and cause that's something that Nick has really, um, opened me up to is that like, there's more to life than, than just like constantly working towards bettering yourself that like there's so much richness in the world. And if you have the opportunity to travel, like we do, um, I spent most of last year in New Zealand because of him. Um, How was that that? Did, oh my God, it was unbelievable. It was, was in New Zealand. Okay. So like six weeks after we met, he had to move to New Zealand for a year to sail in the America's cup. And New Zealand was like the only country that didn't have COVID and the borders were closed, but there was exemptions for like spouses and, and wives and families of the sailors. So I got to go over and all my tours had been canceled. I was supposed to be touring with Lucas Nelson. Like I'm telling you, this whole thing was such a God thing, but, um, I got to go over cause I had nothing to do. I was like, I'm not going to be touring this year. So I may as well, if I'm going to make a record, I can make it in New Zealand. And, um, I just moved to New Zealand um, and oh we God. stayed there for seven months yes. and it was so unbelievable. I but you for seven months in New Zealand with him, were y'all just frolicking in like mad bliss of love and the most beautiful country in the world? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And it is so important to build your relationship on. Yeah. And it was because I didn't know one person there. Like Nick was the only, I literally like moved across the world and Nick was the only person I knew. Like, I'm very lucky that I was sure <laughs> about him, you know, like, cause it sounds like a reckless thing to do, but I was like, nothing was going to stop me. 
And um, it was because we didn't have our families, friends, any, like no distractions. We just got to know each other so well. Um, and you got and to live normal life because there was no COVID. Did you get to like move freely about the country? It was, I mean, so lucky. The one place that really had no COVID. And like, if they have the most beautiful, like clean place in the world, it's like super uninhibited in so many areas. Yeah. Well, that's what's so cool about New Zealand. First of all, the people are so, you don't realize like how uptight you are as an American until you go somewhere else. And then you're like, why do I talk so fast? And why am I always like, you know what I mean? Like, they're just so, yeah, they just don't take themselves as seriously. And they have the best sense of humor. They remind me, because I'm half Australian, my mom's Australian. So they remind me of my Australian cousins, just like so cool and down to earth and like, um, practical and just fun. And, um, and then it's, I think part of the reason that it's still so beautiful is because the population is so small. Like there's only 5 million people in the entire country. Um, and so there's, you can be in Auckland, which is where we were based and you can drive an hour in any direction and be where there are no people like on a beach with no people. And you just can't, can't have that in America anymore. So it's really cool. So beautiful there. What an experience. Like what a moment yeah. in time. It was. Yeah. And I'm about to, so my next album, I don't want to give away too much, but my next album is a lot about my time in New Zealand. And a lot of the videos were filmed in New Zealand. And I have a song coming out next month that has a lot of like handmade iPhone footage of Nick and I and our adventures in New Zealand. So. Oh my God. I love it, Carolyn. Yeah. I love the way you're living your life. This is so inspiring. And I hope anyone listening under, like, can have a little faith that like trusting your gut, trusting your passion, trusting your intuition, knowing your priorities, as, as you said, can really guide you to a beautiful life and like knowing where you want to go. But then like you also said, holding it openly and letting the pieces fall. Like that takes a lot of yeah. to live like that, you know? It does. And, and there's so much that we can't control. So it's hard, especially as a control freak. <laughs> but um, I do really strongly believe that there's no one who couldn't better their life by paying more attention to their inner world and making like their happiness and fulfillment a higher priority on in their life. Like there's no one who can't have a better day today if they do that. And um, I know there's so many people living so many different challenges and different things, but like everyone can do that. And I think um, it, it'll pay off, pays off. So I always end, you've kind of like been inspiring this whole time, but I always end with leave your light and it's super open-ended. What do you want people to know? Oh my gosh. Ugh. Well, I'm going to speak to myself too, because I always it's not like I know this and everybody else does it. Like I'm trying to learn this every day, but I really wish that people knew and that I knew all the time that we are fundamentally good and right. And we should operate from that place instead of that something is wrong with us and that we're lacking. We constantly have to be making up for it, that we're good and right and we're meant to have a beautiful life and we're meant to feel good and we're meant to trust ourselves and we're allowed to trust ourselves. Like I always try to remind myself of that. Um, cause I do, I think it, inherently we are good and, and right. Caroline, you're so inspired and wise. 
You must have oh, had so sweet. You must be a very old soul. You've been around for many lifetimes, I can tell. You know, oh, you know a lot of stuff. You've got a lot of wisdom. Thank you very much. I love, I love this talk. This is so cool. I loved it too, and I'm so glad to get to know you on this level. And I'm sure our our paths will continue to cross because yeah, please. So awesome. I would love to meet you in person. Let's do it. You come to Nashville often? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I live in Nashville part time. Oh, okay. Well, a, yeah. When you're here, just hit me up. I will. <laughs> I'm here all the time. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm gonna be. Well, actually, I'm gonna be there next week. Well, we should hang out. I would love that. I love that. Bye. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.